Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Friday, December 4th. Today on the show, I will try to make the case for the Vols to compete against Florida. You'll hear from Mo Patton about what the TSSAA had to go through to get to championship weekend and a quick rundown of important college and pro games. But we start with the Titans and Browns this morning. Look, we can spend all week talking up metrics and matchups and scheduling quirks, and we have. But we've sort of reached the point of the year where Derrick Henry simply takes over, and if he's as fresh and productive and destructive and demoralizing as he's been in the last two seasons, then essentially from here on out, every game largely depends on if you can stop him. Miles Garrett is back for the Browns, and that is a scary matchup for a third-string left tackle, regardless of how well he played last weekend against a very solid defensive line in Indianapolis. And there might be some teams that could challenge this rushing attack defensively at some point during the regular season. Fans should expect those types of Henry-focused defensive schemes in the playoffs. But Cleveland doesn't look like that team. You should be able to ride Henry to his exact averages and pick up a victory on Sunday, which is currently 23 carries per game and 114 yards per game. In December, Henry has averaged more carries per game, more yards per game, and scored more touchdowns than any other month of the year during his career. Last year, Henry carried 97 times for 549 yards and six touchdowns in four December games. In 2018, Henry carried 97 times for 625 yards and eight touchdowns in five December games. Needless to say, this is his time of the year. The weather gets colder and defenders start to think about their careers and their families when trying to tackle him in 40-degree weather for the 24th, 25th, or 26th time of the day. They start to make business decisions, and Henry has taken advantage of it every year of his career. I fully expect this to be the case on Sunday with the Browns' defense, and it's why I think Titans fans should be confident heading into the weekend. But Mike Vrabel got awfully snippy with ESPN's Teron Davenport this week when asked about managing Henry's workload. I know Vrabel isn't thinking about the fourth year of Henry's contract when he's game-planning for a critical matchup against an 8-3 team late in the season. And frankly, Henry is a cyborg, so maybe he's the one guy who can carry the ball 400 times and not experience any long-term effects, like basically everyone else who's ever done that. But there is one important thing to remember this weekend when Henry gets his 27th carry against Cleveland. At this stage of the season, each of the last two seasons, Henry hadn't run the football this much. He had 206 carries in 2019 entering December and just 128 carries entering December in 2018. He's got 256 rushing attempts right now and is on pace for more than 370 carries this year. The point is he had much fresher legs each of the last two seasons and a better offensive line in front of him last year. Frable might be right that he can't be concerned with anything but what's directly in front of him and anything else wouldn't be doing his job. And Henry may be just such a unique human being that he's capable of withstanding the workload, especially against a Browns defense that doesn't seem capable of stopping him. But it's a totally fair question to ask, considering the awful track record of damage that the NFL has inflicted on the human body. And if the Titans' goal is to reach the Super Bowl, you need a fresh Derrick Henry for not just 16 games, but for 20 games. So the question is totally warranted. And it's one that Mike Vrabel doesn't really have to be a smartass about. 
It's pretty hard to make a case from a matchup standpoint for the Vols to even be competitive, let alone win the game against Florida on Saturday. Great defenses like Georgia and Texas A&M haven't been able to stop Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, and company. So what gives anyone the idea that Jeremy Pruitt's banged-up secondary and porous front seven is going to be able to do it? Let's end this part of the discussion right now. They won't. The combination of Dan Mullen's scheme and play calling combined with Trask's mastery makes this arguably the most efficient offense in all of college football right now. No one is more creative or has a better feel for play calling than the Mullen and Trask combination today. Defensively, however, Florida has had some issues at times this season. And this is where, if you're trying to make the case for Tennessee to magically be in this game late you could maybe possibly somewhat almost find a sliver of hope. Eric Gray and the Vols offense will have to take the air out of the football, Tom Brady style, completely deflate the flow of the game, and keep Trask on the sidelines. I know it's a cliche, but it's the only way this game is even remotely close. Gray will need in excess of 25 touches, maybe 30. The offensive line will have to play a near-perfect football game. Quarterback play will need to be mistake-free. And then Big Orange fans need to hope for some weird rivalry karmic shenanigans that's always been a part of this great SEC East showdown. This has already been a bizarre game week wrapped inside a bizarre season. When was the last time it was 25 degrees in Knoxville, the week of the Florida-Tennessee game? I suppose the hope is that you play the best game of your season against your arch rival, circle the wagons in a strange situation, and hope that something crazy like, say, I don't know, a Hail Mary, a phantom touchdown catch, a final drive personal foul penalty, or maybe Travis Stevens comes walking through that door. Otherwise, take the Gators and lay the points. The TSSAA is going to crown nine football champions this weekend in high school football around the state of Tennessee, and... It wasn't always certain that we were going to reach this point. On Lamestream Sports this week, coming out every Friday, rate, review, and subscribe only on the 440 Sports Network, we had Mo Patton on from Southern Middle Tennessee Sports, who's covered high school football in this state for over 30 years, to sort of explain what the TSSAA had to go through and decide for high school football to get to this point in the state of Tennessee. The, the unfortunate thing about it was there was no right answer. Should they have played football at all? Hell, I don't know. If, if they had said, we're not going to do anything athletically this year, no football, no volleyball, no girls' soccer, no nothing, people would have argued, I don't know that they would have realistically had a leg to stand on. The fact that they chose to play, they took flack for that. You know, there, there was not going to be a right answer in the middle of a global pandemic. What the TSSAA did, though, was they took the information that they had and they made the best decision for the most people, I think that's what decision makers should try to do. You know, we are going to allow you to play, and if there's somebody closer to you that won't let you play, Shelby County Schools, then that's between you and them. But we are going to provide a framework and a mechanism for high school sports at the state level to take place. And then it's gonna be up to your local governing bodies to decide whether or not to go along with that. I think they did a great job. You know, they put some some things in place that allow teams to step out as they had to for quarantining or for an uptick in positive cases or whatever else. Come back in, they got a playoff bracket together and they were they've been able to play. You know, you lost a couple of teams over the course of the playoffs, but you know, you're going to crown nine champions. 
over the weekend. I think that's fantastic. I really do. Especially when you go back to the spring when you couldn't do that in boys and girls basketball. Special thanks to Maurice Patton from Southern Middle Tennessee Sports for joining us on Lamestream Sports this weekend. Again, I recommend listening to the entirety of the interview. He's covered high school football for over 30 years in this state, and I just think he's got a lot of great stories, and we had a fun time talking with him, so please check out the show. Again, Lamestream Sports everywhere. Podcasts are found only on the 440 Sports Network. Otherwise, enjoy some high school football this weekend. Here's some other big football games you need to be paying attention to this weekend. In the AFC South, the Colts head to Houston, one game back of the Titans at noon. While, of course, the Texans are dealing with some PED issues, the 7-4 Dolphins are hosting the Joe Burrow-less Bengals, and the 6-5 Raiders head to the winless Jets. So, got to keep pace if you're a Titans fan. In college, Florida can clinch the East with a win over Tennessee, and the Alabama-LSU game is important to Bama, but won't be close as the Tide is favored by 30 points over the defending national champions. CBS will still air this game in primetime, and I am fascinated to see what the ratings look like. Texas A&M visits Auburn with major playoff implications on the line at 11 a.m., and it might be the most important college football game of the entire weekend. Clemson can clinch a spot in the ACC title game against Virginia Tech on Saturday, which would set up a rematch between the number three Tigers and number two Notre Dame, who has already secured a spot in its first and only conference championship game appearance. And keep an eye on the Ohio State-Michigan State game. As of Thursday evening, it's still scheduled to happen, and that is huge news for the Buckeyes' playoff hopes and potentially bad news if you are a second SEC team that wants to get into the playoff. Thank you all for listening, everybody. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Make sure you're checking out all the great shows from the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me at Braden Gall. Follow us all at 440 Sports on Twitter and Facebook. Enjoy the weekend of football, everybody. This has been the 440 for Friday, December 4th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.